This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and it is already the end of March. Can you believe it? We're heading into spring, which is fabulous here in Central Texas because the wildflowers are everywhere. If you get a chance, just look Central Texas wildflowers on any social media, and you'll see just beautiful, beautiful colors. The only bad part about it is all the wildflowers if you're allergic. Um, and it's, a, it's an allergy inducing time of year, but um, it's pretty cool and it's not too hot yet, so we are excited about that, but we're also excited because we're going into a nicer time of year and people tend to be outside more, but one of the things people have really started loving is playing games outside, and I don't mean like, you know, volleyball or whatever, I'm talking about like board games, sitting outside, Um, you've seen a lot of different things like the yard size Tetris. And um, no, no, Jenga, that's what it is, Jenga and some other things that were classically your inside games, now they're outside. And the fun part about that is I have an amazing author today who has taken her love of board games and made it into romance books. So um, let's get started with Mia Heitzelman. And she's been on before, um, and so I'm super excited that she's back. She is a polka dot wearing horror and romance movie lover who always has a book and a to-do list in her purse. Please excuse my dog. She's barking at probably nothing. She writes fun, unforgettable, more than just laugh romance about strong women and men with enough heart to, for, enough heart to fall for them. When she isn't busy writing fictional happily ever after, she is likely reading, playing board games, or eating sweets. She currently lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, with her husband and two children. Her latest book, Monopolove, is out. April 6th, and this is next week, and this is the first of a new series. Um, you can find her at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on our website at BookBub, Amazon, Goodreads, TikTok. She's everywhere, and all of those links are in the write-up of the show. And I would encourage you to sign up for her newsletter. So welcome, Mia. How are you? Hi, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and I was laughing about your dog because my dog is right here, and every single time the doorbell rings, he just starts barking, oh, no. and so it's probably nothing is right. But thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I, you know, so you were on last year and you had this really cool series. And the first book, I just, I never got out of my head, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, But it was about three friends who were, who were friends in foster care. And one of the friends, um, he falls for, he's always liked one friend uh, romantically for quite a while. So that always, I mean, finding that family um, was always stuck with me. That story was so wonderful. And so I'm super excited that you're back with a new series. Um, so tell me about Monopolove. <laughs> yes, Monopolove. I'm so in love with this series because I'm a board game nerd, if, if you will. I love playing board <laughs> games. I love family game night and just having that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't consider it old fashioned, but I like to say good old fashioned, you know, human connection where there's no device right. in between you and everybody. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really love it. And we're going to meet Harper and Declan in this story. She's a game store owner and he is a guy who's in town uh, to refurbish his um, grandfather's home to get ready to sell it. But naturally okay. when you do home renovations, there's always hiccups. And so then he's left with some extra time and ends up, enrolling and registering for the local Monopoly tournament. And that's when he meets <laughs> Harper. So it's so much fun. And we've got a rivals to lovers romance here. And, you know, she's a little bit stubborn. We've got opposites attract and he's very cinnamon roll hero. <laughs> so I'm like, really love, I love this series. What made you come up with this idea? Well, <laughs> I was searching for another book, it, always while I'm doom scrolling and researching for a book that I find another idea. So I have a whole file that's all ideas. And I was looking I for something on the community chess card to include in a book. And then I saw hmm. the words Monopoly Tournament. And I'm like, ooh, now there's an idea. You know, could you just right. imagine who's in this tournament? And what if they, 
you know, kind of are attracted to each other, but they are on opposite sides of the table on this game. And so that's kind of how it came about. I love it. I love it. I mean, and anybody could relate to this because, I mean, Monopoly can bring out the worst in us, quite honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's I will the say truth. This from that is the full truth. Uh, yeah, my brothers and I used to play, and one brother is really very much more patient than the other. And so the one brother that was rather impatient would um, either be out of money, cleaned everybody out, and um, every once in a while, he'd clean out my my other brother, our other brother, who's really laid back. And then all of a sudden, that brother's like, "Oh wait, I have money under the board." You know, it's just like, there's just always that five hundred dollar bill under the board. That's right, <laughs> under the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, look at this! Look what I found. So yeah. Um, and I know everybody. People are listening. Like, oh yeah, that was either me or somebody I played with. Everybody has at least one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> so I love that. You started with Monopoly because of you seeing the tournament, but had you considered bringing a game-themed romance in before then? Um, I had, but I didn't really have the story to go with it yet. That's kind sure. of where I got lost. I was like, well, what is the story behind this? Who are these people? And who enters this kind of a tournament? That was really where I was kind of, stuck at first. And then, you know, I have a list of characters that I know will somehow make their way into things. I just don't ever know how just yet. And Harper was there because she's just, she doesn't trust a lot. She needs her coffee. She's very um, kind of strong willed and set in her ways. And she's really just hurting is what it is. She misses her father Mm -hmm. in her life. Um, but it's made her distrust a lot of people, and she doesn't like to owe anyone or feel like she's indebted to anyone because of that. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah so I, she I, came I, about. I, I love it. Well, yeah, it's always interesting. I was I was having lunch with a friend of mine this week. We were doing writing time, and I I just said, "Isn't it cool that your characters just like start doing stuff?" Okay, sure. Let's let's do this. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> I'm That's assuming Harper right did this. Yes, I was yes. Harper did some of this. <laughs> she does. She just, she just is very. Um, she reminds me a lot of me. Uh, out of all the heroines in this series, she's kind of the strongest one that reminds me of me because I don't like to depend on a lot of people. I don't like to really mm-hmm. ask for help or support, even though I might need it. You know. And sure. so I think a lot of people can relate in that because you don't want to ever feel like a burden to anyone. And so that's really where she's right. coming from. Um, and naturally, because this is a rom-com, there's going to be a whole lot of humor and hijinks to go with it, you know, about yeah. distrusting and trying to get that. Especially when we first start out, she's at mm-hmm. this coffee house, and she's got her phone app for the coffee house for Java Joy is the place. And she just really mm-hmm. needs this coffee because she just found out her, her game store is failing financially and they could lose it. So she's just like, right. let me just get my coffee first so I can get my head on straight and get thinking. And she goes there to get it, but her, she's got a new phone and the app isn't working. And so she's got this coffee and she's like, I really just need this coffee. I'm already having a bad year. I'm having a bad day. Can we just figure out something? I've got $20 on this app. And the person yeah. who's behind the register is really not trying to hear it. And then Declan steps in and puts 10 bucks on the counter to take care of it. And he says, pay it forward. And instead of her just accepting that, she's just like, can I just pay you back? I just want to pay you back through some cash app, PayPal, anything to get this money right. back to you because I don't like owing people. And he's like, can't you just accept a good deed? And she's like, can't you just let me pay you back so I don't owe some stranger? And yes, you're insanely good looking, but I don't need you to rescue me. So, right. <laughs> one right. of my favorite parts. <laughs> it's, it's always interesting finding the meat cute, you know, because it's, you want to make it unique enough that people be like, oh, yeah, I could see that, you know? Um, exactly. It's, if it's too crazy, it's like, you, <laughs> it's like, uh, wait, what? You know? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> But paying it forward, I mean, that's a really great lead-in because, I mean, who doesn't every once in a while want to do that? And then, of course, 
as most that's 99.9 percent of them are are like okay thanks and everybody just goes their way but i mean this is, is fun to see and he's and he's the new like Absolutely. the same he's the new doctor in town um and he's and he's looking to set his karma straight so tell me about that yes okay so he's just out of a relationship that he thought was going to be for everything it was just kind of mm-hmm. a natural progression because he and his ex were um, college sweethearts. So uh-huh. around them, people are getting married, people are having kids and buying houses, and he just thought that was the natural progression of where their relationship was going, except she had other ideas. So uh-huh. he's kind of blindsided by the end of this relationship, and then the opportunity comes up for him to go to San Diego, visit his best friend, and just take care of his grandfather's house at the same time and see if he wants to try a new turn in life, if he wants to try a new city, a new place to live, et cetera. And so he's just feeling like, you know, he's at the end of his rope and life is just throwing him all these curveballs. And maybe if he can do something great for someone else or just help out, maybe it'll set his his, um, luck in the right direction and get his stars to realign. So that's where, I mean, it didn't really align the way he was hoping when he had to deal with Harper, and then he gets to this game store, and there she is again behind mm-hmm. the counter. And so <laughs> he keeps running into her. They haven't had the best first or second impression. I kind of love that, though. I kind of love that whole um, you keep running into someone, you know, and, and there's a chemistry yes. that you're just not really sure what it is, yeah, like from the character's point of view. You're, you're saying, oh, exactly. well, they're not really sure, but then they kind of do know, but they don't really want to. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the fun <laughs> playing, um, you know, playing with the whole mindset. And, and then seeing them like this, and I'm kind of laughing. It's like, he's in San Diego and he owns a house? Well, you know, already. <laughs> he's, he's, he's I a, mean, that's cat. hard already to do. <laughs> I mean, it's his grandfather's house. And so he was just there thinking about selling it and just, you know, not having to pay the taxes for it anymore since his grandfather's um, passed. But, you know, it kind of is looking like a good place to be when he's there because San Diego's gorgeous. It is. It is. We lived in St. Louis for four years, and I was pregnant with our oldest. And we went on a second trimester um, trip, and I – I said, let's go to Summer Sunny because it was just dismal and gray in St. Louis mm-hmm. and cold. And so we got off the plane in San Diego and it was immediately like 78 degrees. There's not a cloud in the sky. You know, it was just like walking in. It's some so beautiful. Like choir, you know, like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not getting on the plane. It does I'm not kind of feel like that. Like I'm staying yeah. here for yeah. life. Uh, that's where oh, I, yeah. I went to high school and everything, middle school and high school in San Diego. So I, I mean, oh, wow. I was kind of nostalgic for it a little bit, the beaches and the weather. It was just so mm-hmm. nice because I'm in Vegas now, and so it's dry here. We don't have many yes. water areas for us. Right, not too many beaches in um, in, in uh, Nevada. Right. <laughs> So you've got your characters, and, and obviously they're going to be, you know, butting heads and everything like that. Um, was there a point where you you you're, you're plot? Did you do you plot out the book, or do you like kind of let the characters run? I mean, are you a pantser plotter, a mix? I mean, how do you do that? I am um, more of a planter. I'm part plotting, uh-huh. part pantser. I need like a like a, a skeleton outline in order to get started and know where I'm going, who are these people mm-hmm. and what is the conflict between them. But then I need right. that freedom to just make up the story as I go and what would naturally happen or how would they naturally react versus what I, right. you know, am trying to force them into. And my characters are just really kind of pushy sometimes. They're like, this is not what I would do. <laughs> and they're right. just like, this is how it's going to happen now. And you just have to kind of go with it. And it makes the story right. that much better. So looking at your cover, which is adorable, by the way, um, oh, and I love, I love the whole uh, Monopoly theme and then uh, the character, the drawing on the front. But did you, with, with writing an interracial couple, is, um, is that anything that was purposeful or was that just how the characters 
uh, gelled? It, it was just how the characters gelled because I write pretty much every kind of character and right. any demographic. I just go with whoever feels right for the story. And I really mm-hmm. just like the idea of him being this doctor from Vegas with his grandfather there. And then I had some inspiration pictures. Let me just tell you, Pinterest is my friend because I get so many <laughs> little face grabs mm-hmm. from there. And so I was thinking about Noah Mills because he's so so cute. God, he's adorable. <laughs> uh-huh. And then just throw uh-huh. him in there. And and then I have the actress. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Medea's Family Reunion. And there's yes. this actress in there. She's absolutely gorgeous. Her name is Rochelle Ape. And I just thought, God, they would be so cute together. And so then I threw them <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> it would be hot. I'm oh, like wow. a matchmaker, casting director, all the things. There you go. <laughs> there you go. My dream, my dream cast. Here you are. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be cute. Wow. See, now I've got yeah. it in my brain. So, um, and for anyone who's wondering uh, who, where they can catch uh, Rochelle Ace right now, she is on SWAT on TV. Yes, oh, um, she is with Shamar mm-hmm. Moore. Yeah. Oh, God. He's so gorgeous. <laughs> uh, I mean, he doesn't age. And, I mean, I've been watching that guy for what, 30 years, because, you know, he's on soap, mm-hmm. and then he's kind of moved over. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, delicious. So, um, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> she's, on, she's on SWAT right now. So if you want to go check her out, uh, she plays Michelle. Um, and then your Noah Mills is, um, he's a Canadian actor and model. So Vogue ranked him as one of the top 10 male models of all time. So, yeah. He's uh he's also delicious. So very nice. Very good choice. Yes. I like it. <laughs> I think you should absolutely make this happen. I will send positive energy, we'll send positive karma, and we'll make sure that this happens. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so great. If this turned into a movie, I would just I don't know about that would be like hard for me to take because I would just faint and die because it, I would be so excited for it to be a yeah, movie. I, it's very interesting to see because I, the, the turn back to romantic comedies and, and romances, because I think it was about 10 years ago, Entertainment Weekly had this really long article about um, the death of the Hollywood romance because it was either the budget were either going to these huge um, movies, you know, like Avatar and uh, Avengers and all this other, uh, or yeah, it was all Right, well, all these indie movies that were um, less than $5 million to do. And then what happened was um, then streaming started happening. And then people started realizing, oh, wait, we can do limited series like Bridgerton. Thank you, Shonda Rhimes. So she brings that in. <laughs> and then and everyone's like, oh, you know what? We could do that. You know, we could bring a book on TV and do a series. How about that? So now it's kind of rolled back that way. I love um, that too. And I, I mean, I love that Reese Witherspoon uses her book club to find, you know, new material and bring some of these mm-hmm. books to life. Yeah, for certain. And, and there's so many good stories. I mean, there's, there's no way all of them would ever be made, but I mean, there's just so many out there. And um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I kind of laugh because I, I always felt like Hollywood should have gone to romance writers conferences because it's, it's <laughs> our producers. Because it's like, guys, there's a, a plethora of material here. I just, I just don't understand why you're not here. So um, I always found that very interesting that they didn't come. But, okay, sure. Um, you know, <laughs> our little secret, I guess. <laughs> so you also True. have, um, you have Monopoly Love comes out April 6th. But then you also have another book coming out three months after that, Trivialized Pursuit. And so yes. that's the same characters. Does it go into, are these characters introduced in the book, first book and then we get them in the second? Um, they're introduced in book one and we meet Harper, her sister Rox, and her best friend Nadia who own Love and Games, which is the board game shop. And so okay. this series will follow each of the three of them. So this okay. second book, Trivialized, Trivialized Pursuit, is with Rox, and Declan's best friend, Murph. Mm-hmm. So, and that one's a friends to lovers um, romance, and I'm so excited about that one too. I, it's like going to be, 
so fast that all these books are just going to be coming out because then I have another one coming in October, which is Nadia's book. Mm-hmm. So all three of them this year. Do you, do you have a, a title for that one? Yes, that one is Clued in Christmas. So we get a holiday oh. book in here. Wow. <laughs> so they're not going to sit around and play Among Us. We're not doing that. We're just we're actually playing. Uh, no. <laughs> I do mention Among Us. I had to for my kids, and I mentioned Mafia, but the the main idea is the clue game and the characters, this big whodunit, and there's some secret admirer aspects that happen in there. So it's it's so fun. I mean, I just I just hope that people fall in love and get a little nerdy and a little – board game geeky with me and just have fun for a little bit oh for sure for sure Are so there's all these different forms of monopoly do you have a favorite i just like the classic mm-hmm. i just like the classic mm-hmm. yeah although it's, it's it interesting cool how they have monopoly license that would be awesome that would be awesome so how does that i mean it's it's not um Copyright-wise, it's fine, but, I mean, could you come up with your own game? I could, yeah. I definitely could. Hmm. I thought about that. Um, maybe, like, a romance bookopoly, <laughs> something yeah. like that, you know, where you just have lots of different romance books and authors on that you can land on and see how you do yeah. I don't know where. Yeah. I think I would probably be around St. James Place or something like that. That's where my books would <laughs> would land. I don't think I'm yet on board Boardwalk or Park Place, but I'm probably around St. James Place. Like the purple ones? Yeah. The orange. The orange. <laughs> orange. Well, that's right. That's St. Right. Charles Place. But yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, because the super light blue ones are, oh, um, well, they're the first ones that you see when you're off past mm-hmm. go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's we've played that plenty of times, and then of course you always see all the different themes like Oceanopoly. I think we have a Harry Potter themed one, and um, oh, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that you bring up Clue because my kids love that game, and um, we were laughing. I don't know if you watched Glass Onion when it came out. Um, yes, I but, did. <laughs> We were just insane for that. I think we watched it three times in 24 hours. Um, all the little tiny things, but the funniest part about him sitting in the bathtub and not being able to understand Among Us, and then he's like, I can't play Clue, you know? And it's like, why not? It's not complicated enough, I guess, whatever. But it was just, it was so funny and so clever um, how it was done. So, yeah, maybe you can, you have your I own um, Benoit Blanc. Yeah, maybe you could get Benoit Blanc to hold your book up and <laughs> oh, maybe send him a copy. That would be an idea there. If he held it up, I would campaign. be so ecstatic. Yeah, we, we should <laughs> have a campaign going. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I'll make some phone calls. <laughs> I will make no phone calls because I don't know anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe we can just get the word out um, and, and get that. It's like that's another one of my projects now that I've just come up with it because another, one of my projects I've wanted to do for years was um, send a case of um, trefoil, you know, the Girl Scout shortbread cookies oh, yeah. to Jason, oh, Jason so Momoa cool. because he, that's his favorite is the trefoil. Um, and I only know this because the year that, that girl, one of the Girl Scouts put uh, Momoa Samoas, like the Samoas, yeah. the purple box. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I love he, he was a he was a presenter on at the Oscars, and so the the person who was interviewing them was like, "What do you think of this?" And he just thought it was funny. He's like, "But that's kind of funny because really my favorite is a trefoil." So I I was like, "Man, Girl Scouts missed an opportunity. They should have sent him a pallet. <laughs> they really should have. <laughs> he would have so fast. Opportunity missed." <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so maybe that should be my side gig is I should get celebrities to enjoy small projects like that. And maybe, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, if you want to make it happen, I'm all for it. <laughs> I will keep you posted, Mia. I promise. If I can get Ben okay. Blanc to hold up that clued in book, I will do it. Um, but we may just have to, we may just have to canva it, you know, make it look 
legit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and why not? So you've got these three books in, and, um, you know, obviously the one's coming out next week is a done deal. It's ready to roll. And then your trivialized pursuit is pretty much in the bag at this point. We're um, making sure yes. final edits and such are done and titled. And then you're, you know, putting the final touches on clued in. What comes next for you? I am working on the sequel to the Friendship Contract. That's the one that has okay. the adoption story in it. So I'm yeah. almost done with that. It's just been okay. kind of hard trying to juggle multiple series at once. So <laughs> I had to do that. Yeah. And I'm also working on an audio book for that one. And then okay. I have a new series that I'm writing for Thule. It is the Through the Grapevine series, and it follows a vineyard-owning family and okay. the four kids in this family. So it's going to be awesome. We get a little bit of each season plus a few tropes. We got some enemies to lovers, some insta-love, but business is in the way, so non-conventional workplace. We have the holidays, of course. I said that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to be really fun. I'm excited to hopefully do some research in Napa. <laughs> For research purposes only, you know, of and uh, trying out different wines. And mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. a collaboration would be awesome for some wine. I don't know who yet, oh, but we'll, sure. we'll consider that <laughs> at some point. That would be fun. I mean, to, to have a little um, set up there, that would be amazing. And I, you could do Absolutely. it. I could see it. I could see it happening. Um, so when you what what made you think about the the winery one? Is that just one on your list of things that you said I want to write this kind of book at some point, or was it something that recently came to you? I had this idea about a girls' trip, so she's going up to Napa for a girls' trip weekend during Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. then she meets the owner of the vineyard, but she doesn't know he's the owner of the vineyard because he's just in plain clothes observing to see what he could do to help, um, you know, take the vineyard to the next level. And so then they meet, so you've got a little bit of a millionaire, you've got a little bit of, you know, forced proximity and all these things. So I just love that idea at the premise. And then from there, I grew out her friend list, grew out his siblings and gave them a whole family and I've fallen in love with this family and this vineyard god I'm so excited Mm -hmm. about the research I've had to do for it oh for sure and and you know I'm sure people are like oh yeah you had to drink all this wine it's like well it's not just that and you have to know the the soil you have to know what kind of grapes grow in that area you have to know exactly uh, and he said Um, we do not call it dirt Right, right. It's not dirt, it's soil. <laughs> it's, yes, it's soil. Because, I mean, like Texas has um, a lot of wineries, like a ton of wineries. Um, but, of oh, course, wow. the grapes we'd grow here would not be what you guys would grow in Napa, you know. Um, right. So it would just be very different because, obviously, the, the pH balance of the soil um, would be <laughs> different. So, um and so I just, I just, in, a couple of years ago, because I have it in one of my books, like it's just kind of a personal thing uh, about a, a vineyard. But yeah, I mean, it's all those little details matter. Um, but yes, drinking wine exactly. is also part of the research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me your favorite trope. I'm going to go with enemies to lovers. I have okay. the hardest time writing it, but I enjoy reading it the most because. I just love to find out how they're going to get together or get over their differences to to choose love. So that's mm-hmm. my favorite. It's the hardest for me to write, though, because I just want them to be together already. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just so hard, especially if they have they don't know each other yet. Why do you hate this person so much? Why do you not want to have anything to do with them? That kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I struggle with that. But I love reading it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many ways you can do it, too, because it can be complete strangers. It can be they sort of know about each other. They can be former friends or former lovers um, that ended badly. Right. I mean, there's just there's so many ways you can do it. So it's just it's like the spice rack, you know, okay, what spice are we going to pick and how are we going to make this work? Exactly. So, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's All right. fun too is mixing tropes. You know, you sometimes mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't have to be just an enemies to lovers. So it could be a second chance enemies to lovers. And then it could be that they're forced in proximity in this certain location or it's at work. And so you can throw so many things in there to give it some flavor. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, I think it's nice when, um, you, like you're saying, it is difficult to write that journey when they're fighting each other all the time. And then, you know, of course, the point of, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't fight each other so much. Um, and that kind of, you know, slow burn into what they're going to do. But, I mean, it, it's also – Ah, you know, when you're writing and you're like, how am I going to get in there? And he's like, oh, I can see it. Here it goes. You know, da, da, da. Yay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's like, whew. <laughs> we got in there. Yay. <laughs> now we'll celebrate with some research. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yes. Yes. So what, ha- what trope have you not written yet that you want to? That I want to... That's a good question. I uh, let me think. Oh, um, I really haven't. I've not done a sports romance, and I do want okay. to at some point do that. I have an idea for one that's hockey related, and so okay. at some point I want to add that to my to write list. But I I haven't had the time yet. Right. So, are you a hockey fan? I have become one since the Golden Knights came to Vegas. And so Uh I've been to a few games. The games are so much – I mean, the crowd is interactive, and you've got the um, – what's the entertainer announcer guy who's just hyping up the crowd? It's just so much fun. I just love it. It's cold, but it's fun. And if I had season tickets, I would be happy to be there. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned that because um, the first couple of times I went to a hockey game, it's amazing how cold it is right next to the ice. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and people be like, well, of course it's cold next to the ice. It's like, no, really, it's, it's one of those things that you don't really think about. Oh, just, you know, wear a long sleeve shirt or something. I mean, no, it's cold. Right. Like, just, <laughs> no, you need a jacket, up. possibly <laughs> a scarf and a hat, depending on what time of year it is. I mean, because right. it gets right. really cold. Yes, I realize it's 98 degrees outside, but I need this. One. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. Oh, and man, those guys get beat up, and and you think, oh, he's yeah. not getting up. Oh, there he goes, he's skating again. There he goes. You know what That's else amazing. is so funny about them is that when they have fights, it's allowed, and they just fight it out on the ice, and then they go to the penalty <laughs> box, and then they're done. <laughs> but it's just so funny that they're allowed to fight. <laughs> it's like the refs are like, all right, time out. Everybody, you know, go to your, you know. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Um, because, yeah, you're right. They just let them, just let them go. And, yes. I mean, I guess you kind of have to. <laughs> I mean, it's entertaining. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give them that part. It's really entertaining. But, yeah. you know, it, it's just a different experience. Because I've been to basketball, football, baseball uh-huh. games. But I hadn't right. been to a hockey game just because it wasn't around, you know. And now that it's here, it's so much fun. I've got my little Golden Knights scarf. I've got a T-shirt, a hat. I'm Like, I'm a fan. <laughs> you are all in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the rules. I mean, obviously you can't, like, hit someone in the face with a stick. I know that one's a rule. But, I mean, in, right. there's a bunch of others that I'm not totally sure. I'm like, what's that? Okay. Well, nobody's calling anything. I mean, so I've got just right. the basics. I know there's three periods. I know about a penalty box. I know the uh-huh. stick in the puck. And <laughs> yeah, I have the right. bare minimum knowledge of it. But it's fun. Right. Uh, I always love the shootout, like, you know, when they tie at the end. Oh, yeah. Because people just go bananas, you know? Uh, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similar to soccer, you know, because when they have the, the, the shootout at the end, um, if they tie, it's just, it's so good. I mean, just. It could go any, either way, is. which is so much fun. Um, but one of the things I didn't appreciate was how big these players are. Because you, oh, yeah. you think for basketball, right? So I, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to get to sing the National Anthem a few times for the Spurs games, and I, I think for some of the Stars games and the Blues. 
um, in different these different cities when we lived there. And but I mean, you just really don't get how big these dudes are. I mean, it's they are like hulks. Yeah, yeah. It's like and all this mass. Half of them are missing teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I mean. I mean, the way these that, pucks are just flying around, it's a wonder they, they have any left. But, yeah. It, I, I mean, know. it's just a cool it's, game. I, I appreciate how fun it was. Yeah. The crowd is very different, like you're saying. It's it's a different crowd for hockey than it is for, obviously, for baseball, you know, because baseball is much more laid back most of the time. Um, and mm-hmm. basketball is, it's, it's, I think, kind of in between. I mean, you can have the fanaticism, of course, for sure. But, I mean, no, it's just different than football. And then, of course, you get into to soccer or football, and then you get to rugby, you know, and it's just like it gets more and more gladiatorial. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> and then we all sit there and cheer for them to all beat the crap out of each other. We're like, woohoo, yay. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I'm not really into boxing or MMA because of that reason. Right, because it's exclusively that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm. You're right. I, I'm not a big fan of that. But I mean, if it's a really, and the nice never, really sounded like something I want to watch. But then, people love it, and I, yeah. and I think that's what's so cool about all these different athletic abilities and and different sports. It's like, sure, you know, why not? I throw it out there. But <laughs> I'm sure. You're probably like me in a way. You go to those events and you're like, oh, I need a piece of paper. I just got an idea. That's my life right there. Right there. Yeah, I have there an entire is. idea list on my phone app the, for the notes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you really just have yeah. to write it down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things that people are like, how do you come up with ideas? And it's really just watching. Just people watching. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I Definitely. did in one of my books, I had a, a scene where they're sitting in a coffee shop and for the life of me, couldn't come up with anything creative that the baristas would be or, you know, yelling. So I just sat at Starbucks one afternoon and wrote down every single order they called out. And oh, then wow, that's just funny. used all that. Yeah, that's it. I just sat there and just wrote them all down. And it's the craziest stuff, you know, half calf, decaf with, Two percent, a two two second, two percent poor with you know. It's just like how high maintenance are these people? You know, just get a latte right. and be done. I'm like, know? can I get some whipped cream? I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's always like um, with whip. I'm like, well, yeah, this makes no sense without it. <laughs> Please, right? <laughs> Come on. So you've got these three books. You've got you're thinking of this other series, and so. What do you do when you're not writing? When I'm not writing, sad part is I'm like either marketing or uh-huh. I'm I'm also a cover designer. So I illustrate okay. covers for, for books too. So I'm either yeah. doing that, promoting, playing with my kids, trying to catch up on something on some streaming service. There's so many things right. to catch up on that people are like, you haven't watched this? And it's like, no, I haven't had time. And, um, or I go check on my parents around the corner, you know, I'm close with my family and Mm -hmm. when we can get it in some board games, definitely. Right. Right. So what, when you got your first book contract, who was the first person you told? Oh, I, I was on my way to my mom's house to talk to my mom and my dad and Mm -hmm. The email came in, and I'm like, I got to pull over. <laughs> I have to pull over because, oh, wow. like, I'm not going to get there safely because I'm freaking out. And so then uh-huh. um, <laughs> I just, like, calmed down for a minute, drove to my parents' house, and I was like, Mommy. <laughs> I still call my parents Mommy and Daddy. I don't care how old I get. Sure. Um, they're still yeah. Mommy and Daddy. So I'm like, Mommy, oh, my God. There's an offer in my email address. She's like, shut up. I'm like, no, for real. And she's like, shut up. And I'm like, yes, for real. And I'm like showing it to her. And she's like, this is so amazing. And so then we were just running around the house screaming and everything. And then I called my husband. 
And mm-hmm. we were just really excited, and the kids were so proud. It, it's so amazing when my kids are proud of me. So shocked yeah. at how important that is to me, you know? Like you think, oh, mm-hmm. I need to impress these, these, these people. But really, when your kids are proud and they say, my mom is an author, I'm like, ooh, look at how, how mm-hmm. amazing I've really made it here. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, yeah, that's how it was. It was so fun, though. There's so many people out there, and, you know, they say, oh, I've thought about writing a book. And as, as frustrating as it is to get rejections, which we all get, um, it's give yourself a little credit that you actually put enough effort to write the book and submit it mm-hmm. because yes. there are so many people that are like, I'm going to write a book, and then they don't. Or people, I'm going to write a book, and they do, but they never let anyone see it, and then they never correct mm-hmm. it. Or they, they, they do submit it, and then they get back either rejection or revise and resubmit, and they don't do it. I mean, it's just there's the yeah. percentage of people that actually go are willing to torture themselves and put them through the, themselves through this process are small. <laughs> um, yeah. So for anybody out there doing it, just keep trying, you know, take the advice of the revise and resubmit. I, I talked to an editor years ago. She's like, you would not believe how many people do not resubmit. It's like, I it was well that, though. Percent. You went through the trouble. And mm-hmm. to me, a revise and resubmit is that's not a no. So that's right. That's like okay, we like something that you have here. We just want to see a little bit more of whatever it is that they're missing. And so that's right. not a no. That's a maybe. That's if right. You ask me. Oh, for sure, it's a no. So, but I mean, yeah. it's so hard to, to submit because, like, I have to be in the right headspace to to query and pitch and things because. Mm-hmm. I have to be emotionally ready for the rejections that will come. They will come. And that's the certainty of it. But for me to say, okay, maybe it was sent to the wrong person, like return to sender should be redirected to this other person who's waiting for it. But you have to find that person who could be the champion for it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the book market's gotten – I mean, there's more big houses because there's been mergers. And so mm-hmm. there's not as many big houses anymore. So um, that market's kind of shrunk. But then, of course, you've got indie, you've got hybrid, you've got smaller publishers um, and medium-sized publishers. So it's, it's good to do your homework to see what books yeah. you like and then what, who's publishing them um, is a good place to start That's for anybody true. doing that. So when did and you, the other thing, too, started? is like, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you said, (laughs) and another thing, too, yes, Oh, another thing, too, I just want to say that if you try this, you're going to get inundated with people who have, you know, fail-safe and these tried-and-true methods that they swear will work for you, that will be the game-changer, but it doesn't work that way for everybody. You just have to take what works for you and throw the rest back, you know, and just keep going. That was my main thing, is that... It, it's not like a one-size-fits-all. It's tailored to mm-hmm. each person's experience and journey. So you just have right. to be willing to go on the journey. That was exactly. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you okay, know, so now you were some, saying. I, well, I was saying that, um, you know, how did you even get started with writing? I've always been a writer since the third grade for sure. I think I was writing before that, but I don't remember it. But in the third grade, I think I told this story before. I you wrote did. a book <laughs> called Garrett and the Parrot. I told you about this, right? I did, right? About yes. Garrett and the Parrot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is the story that it really helps me understand how far I've come on the journey. Because right. in third grade, I wrote that book, and I thought I was so proud because I had this trophy for it. And it was, they were just so proud of me, and I was proud of myself. And then I told you my uncle said, oh, you don't want to be a writer when you grow up. You want to be a doctor or a lawyer because they make money, which could be true in some cases. But that deterred me for a long time until I found my way back to it around college, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wondered how my journey might have been different, but I wouldn't change it anyway. Um, Right. You know, because – I had to learn along the way. All this knowledge that I've acquired going this roundabout way helps me with my writing 
and it fuels me and gives me the motivation to keep going. Yeah. And yeah, it started in the third grade, but picked up in college with a poetry book and then a children's book, and then I found a romance. And mm-hmm. after I found romance, it was pretty much over from there. I knew I was going to be yeah. writing romance going forward because I just love it so I'm much. I love addicted. a good happily ever after. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I know we've had this talk before and I'm sure you've had this talk with other people. It's like, why romance? You know, why would you write that? Why don't you write something? I don't know what adjective you want to put in that sentence, but, you know, um, real or not, whatever. And it's like, yeah. so romance isn't real? Like, I mean, why it's not is falling even about love that. a bad it's really thing? like you have this genre that's built on happiness. It's yeah. literally you're going to get a happily ever after. Why not add more happiness into the world? We have enough hard stuff around us. Why not add more happiness and joy to people's lives? Why not give people the happy ending that they either have experienced or want to experience and gives them hope? That's really what the whole romance genre is about is happiness and hope. And I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I like the fact or love the fact that, so many different authors have tackled so many different things showing how people have navigated really difficult things in their lives. Um, exactly. You know, anywhere from, you know, just losing a spouse, losing a child, losing a parent or a bad breakup or even domestic abuse, you know, surviving mm-hmm. an illness, um, being a caregiver for someone. And, you know, there's all of these different things deciding between, you know, this and this. For, for life and and yeah. I, I think that it just helps conversations it's like oh well hold on you know if this mm-hmm. person wrote this then obviously um, they've either experienced it or there's other people like this out here going through the same thing um, but it's right. just really empowering for mm-hmm. so many and you know dudes if you're not reading these books I don't know why not because I mean this is kind of a manual for a lot of women and for a lot of people just to be seen and heard and to talk with somebody. Um, and I also love the fact that there's so many different heat levels of romance. You know, you've got your yes. sweet all the way to, you know, getting crazy in, you know, the middle of a <laughs> casino. So, I mean, you know, just, it's, um, it's just this wonderfully wide, um, you know, brush of the, uh, paintbrush of, of stuff. Yes. So, yeah. I do just, appreciate that, too, because there's something for everyone. Whatever you want. Yeah. You want open door, closed door, heat, no heat. You want this type of character. You want to see this type of trope. It's like, it's almost like the Starbucks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'll have a, um, let me get an enemies to lover, interracial. Let's go, let's add a little sprinkle of game board theme. You know, you can just make it what you want. Oh my God, we have to come up with coffee stuff for that because that is amazing. You just just like threw that down, and I'm, now my brain is exploded. So right, you need you can a, just order up what you want. Yeah, a, a romance bookstore, romance based bookstore, coffee shop, and all of the coffee stuff is like romance themed. Like, can you imagine? I love that. Okay, so anyone oh listening, my that's my tr- that's my story. Don't take it. <laughs> Uh, if I were you, I would write that down in your notes file and then write yourself a sweet rom-com to go with that. That would be awesome. Yeah, write it down as fast as possible, yeah. Um, it's actually one of the things I would love. You know, if I win the lottery, I'd, I would do that. I would actually open a, a romantic a, a romantic book bookstore and have that kind of yes. coffee theme. That would be fun. That would be, that would oh be kind goodness. of fun. Guess what? This weekend, I'm going to the Ripped Bodice for the first time. I'm going to be on a panel there, and I'm so excited because I've been dreaming about this since they opened. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. But I think we do need more romance bookstores in the world, and we're starting to see them, too. Yeah. Yeah, Australia has a ton. They have a ton of, of, oh, yeah, a ton. I had no clue. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, the mindset's a lot different in Australia, too. But, I mean, it's just this, it, yeah, there's just tons of bookstores down there with all, you know, all romance 
Wow. So, but so the Rip Bodice, for anybody who doesn't know, is a, is a independently owned bookstore by uh, two sisters, and they opened this bookstore in L.A. Correct? Yes, Leah okay. and B. Yes. Yes. And so, if you look up the Rip Bodice, they are online. Um, and so Mia will be there this weekend. Who's on the panel with you? Lucy Eden, Karina Howley, mm-hmm. and Leanna DeLaRosa. She has an book okay. coming out too, um, on Tuesday. It's um, okay. Anna and the, and the Fox. Is Anna okay. and the Fox? Maybe. Yes, but her book is coming out, and I can't wait. I told her I would like a signed copy, so put that aside for me along with some swag. She has some really cute um, commissioned art and everything. So mm-hmm. it's going to be so much fun. I can't even wait. I don't even know what the weather is going to be like in California. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all good. You get to go to the yeah. store, so it's all worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like um, I've had friends go to on trips, like let's say they go to somewhere tropical, and it's like, how'd it go? It's like, well, it rained. And I'm like, but it rained and you were in Hawaii, so why are you complaining? You know, come on. <laughs> right? um, and it's kind of like a summer rain, too, that's just yeah. kind of warm. Like, I'll lay in that all day. <laughs> yeah, all day long. <laughs> but I'm in Hawaii, so why do I care? Um, it's all good. But, yeah, so – I am so thrilled that you came back to talk to us. Will you come back to talk to us again? Of course. I I have so much fun. Every time I come to hang out with you, Patricia, you are so kind and so sweet, and I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, hopefully one day we can meet face-to-face and we can hang out and brainstorm some crazy story. I think we should do it. (laughs) I would have so much fun. I really think you need to write that um, that coffee shop bookstore one that would be so fun yeah i think i will and you know this could be completely distracting from the other stuff i have to do but you know it'll be okay i hope <laughs> Porter will forgive me for, for, for i mean are you that. really a writer if you're not getting five new ideas every time you <laughs> talk to someone that is true one thousand percent true absolutely so so if everybody's been listening <laughs> we've been talking to yeah Heinzelman, she is a wonderful author. You need to pick up her latest book, Monopoly Love. It is out next week. You can pre-order it. Um, she is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can go on her website and see where you can find that book. She's going to be at the Rip Bodice very soon. This weekend, yes? Yes, this weekend, April 1st okay. at 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. Um, and so if you're in the area, go say hello because she's amazing. And then you can also find her on BookBub, Amazon, Goodreads, and TikTok. And she's always got a bunch of stuff there. And then she's got another book coming out this, um, this summer. But she's got all these other books that you can read in the meantime. Like she has – she's got you covered. So, I mean, you could read, what, 10 books before Trivialized Pursuit comes out in July. Seems like a good deal, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, Patricia, for having me. Absolutely, Mia. You are most welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Readers Entertainment Radio. This is Patricia W. Fisher. Keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.